0: You're listening to NeuroDelight, delighting in all things neurodivergent with your host, Madeline Jane Lobsey. I'm so happy to introduce you to this human who is one of the most epic humans I've ever met. Um, this is Rebecca Street and uh, her Instagram handle is Beck Street Art. if you want to find her. Rebecca is an artist and an advocate um, and is a lived experience advocate at Autism Spectrum Australia and the Autism Friendly team, but mostly she's just legendary. So hello, Beck Street. Hi, Madeline. Thank you so much for the epic introduction. That's very <laughs> sweet of you. It's true. Um, it's true.
1: And I understand we're flipping the script a little bit today and it, it, it will be me that's asking you the questions.
0: Yes, we are flipping. Um, I'm normally the person that asks the questions and today you are going to ask me the questions, which is, it's funny, I just suddenly got nervous. I now know how everybody else feels when I do it to them.
1: <laughs> yep, I've certainly been on the receiving end, so I'll do my best to make you comfortable in the interview. <laughs> Good.
0: Good, thank you. Cool.
1: And um, just before we got on the podcast, you were telling me a lovely story about how we connected and um, how I had no idea, but I partly inspired you to get going with the A-list. So would you like to tell us about that?
0: Yeah. So... um I was working at the A List at the time, and it and it was really focused on the platform itself and promoting other activities. And then, um, someone we both know introduced us, and I immediately was like, "I love this human," and um and I I knew that you were an autistic adult, and so I wanted to ask you questions. <laughs> I was like, you know, what do you think of this? And I had had this idea about the social hubs and, um. And so I shared it with you and I told you about the social hubs and you were an immediate like, Yes, this is this is great. Like you've gotta do it. And I think if it wasn't for that, I don't know that I would have taken the leap. Like there was something about how certain you were that made me go, Okay, this is this is good. This is gonna work.
1: Yeah, that's so exciting. Well, I mean in taking Taking it back to that memory, you know, for myself, I never really had a, a place to go like that, and I just thought, man, that would be so wonderful, because I was always wishing that there was a business where I could hang out and express myself creatively and just be with fellow widows, so I thought, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, this is a great idea.
0: Yeah, Yeah. And it was inspired by, uh, you know, I had the opportunity to meet a whole stack of um, autistic teens in one venue and there were 200 of them there actually. And I, I just was spent the day walking around talking to people and I was asking them lots of things. But my main question was like, what do you want? You know, if you, if you wanted one thing, what would you say you wanted? And every single one of them said a place to hang out. And I I was, like, you can hear even now, I was taken aback by that, you know. Something about that really struck a chord with me, like, wow, these people are longing for something that seems pretty ordinary but is in fact everything to them, which is a place to hang out. And Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think um,
1: it it can be quite difficult to have a sense of, belonging when you're autistic so especially in those formative years and um, you know particularly if you don't find out till a little bit later as well Mm -hmm. Um, and then you know just being able to be around like minded people makes all the difference for people's well being and you know creating a sense of joy and community is is so important for everybody so
0: Mm. I'm just so happy you did it Mm, (laughs) I am too and yeah, I really am. I really am. So, the, I think you might have touched on this second question that I have
1: here, but you know, so why did you start the social hubs?
0: Um, I think in the role of at the A-List where I, I mean, I call myself the Tinder of the autistic community because I get to spend all day talking to amazing, uh, you know, autistic people or their families or um, uh, providers, actually, people that are doing amazing things all over Australia. And I've been promoting them a lot and sharing with people about all the things you can participate in and then introducing people to each other like this provider has to meet this provider, you know. And – but even with all of that, all I could see was how many families contact us saying, you know, I just – my teenager and my young adult, my child, you you know, wants to have a social life and we don't know what to do. And how much I could see there was a need and and we couldn't even – with all our research, like 18 months worth of research, couldn't find enough things (laughs) – for people to do so it was partly talking to those teens and then you know I shared it with you and you went yes you got to do it and then knowing the demand was out there um we started these social hubs and you know the tagline for the a-list is um be social your way and and that's the heart of it. Like, you know, we want to be a space where if you want to sit on a beanbag and not talk to anyone, that's just as cool as if you want to talk nonstop like a bullet train and Fantastic. participate in everything, you know. Great. And that leads really
1: well into this next question. So how have the teenagers responded to being there?
0: Yeah, look, it's so moving. Um, I mean, we've we've now finished a whole term of having social hubs and um, – There's a variety of people, like you would expect, participating in the group. And I've had the opportunity to also have um, a student from Australian Catholic University there volunteering, and he's in his first year of education. And then um, my own children joining, you know, in with the group. And it was amazing. On the last session, my son, who's 11, um, we got in the car afterwards and he said, Mom, everybody has to know about this. And I was like, what do you mean, buddy? And he said, this is amazing. And I said, why is it amazing? And he said, these kids, they're just not the same. And I was like, what do you mean? And he goes, you know, they started and it was like anywhere where you have to get to know each other and it was uncomfortable. But within the first week, mum, they were so happy. And now they're so free to be, they're so themselves and and they're just not the same. I've never seen them this happy, and everybody has to know about it.
1: Uh, yeah, that's really amazing, and I, I think there's a need as well in the sense that there are a lot of um, one-off activities being run around the city, mm. and I know I know that through my work. But just turning up to something one time, whilst it is definitely fun, it doesn't necessarily foster that ongoing exactly sense of connection, community, and friendship.
0: Yeah, that's really good actually. I hadn't thought of that because that's partly what we've seen, like – I mean, there's two stories that, ju- three stories that jump to mind. So I'll have to try and remember them all. But you know, in the first week, there was this young girl who was um, about 12, and when she turned up to the social hub, she had her mobile phone clutched in her hand and um, and wouldn't let it go. And not that I was trying to get rid of it, but she was just holding it all the time, like it was really in the focus. And w- next door in the social hub, the parents are totally separate, but they were off, you know, having cups of tea and chatting, which is great for them them too, actually. And they were in the other room. And so I went in and I said, oh, you know, um, she's holding, holding her phone to her mum. Is that okay? And, and she said, oh yeah, actually she's holding onto it in case she hates it there and needs to text me and wants to leave. <laughs> and I laughed, We're brilliant, brilliant. And I was like, well, we'll soon find out if she hates it or not, won't we? <laughs>
1: It's good to have a safety net. It is totally right offering that, you know, as an option.
0: Yeah, so it was fine. And so she had her phone, and I didn't think anything of it. And you know, we carried on. And then about 20 minutes later, she comes up, bowls over to me, puts the phone in my hand, and goes, I don't want this anymore. Can you give it to mum? And have to wait. <laughs> it, it was just the best. It was like, that's the moment where you go. Yeah. And then turned up the next week with her sister and said, can my sister come too? I love it here. And, you, you know, has never missed a session and is that, but then there's also another boy, um, he was there and he's gorgeous. You know, I just fall in love with them. This is partly it. I'm so in love with them all, but he comes along and, um, He, he just was sort of slightly outside of it, you know, like you could tell he was trying to find his way to engage Mm. with the group. And, um, I was doing something and he came over to help me and I was like, oh, this guy loves helping or loves, you know, some kind of being responsible. And so, um, I said to him, oh, brilliant. This is exactly what I need. And he's like, what? And I said, I need a 2IC. And, um, he's like, what's a 2IC? And I was like, oh, it's a second in charge. Like this, and he was like, "Oh, really?" And I, went, yeah, you, that you can do that if you want. And now um he comes every week, and he fully has taken it upon himself. You know, like he loves it. He does. He does all the setup of the chairs and the games and stuff like that. And and on the last session, he said to his mum, "Um, um, oh, we're, ta- we're taking a break from the social hubs during the school holidays, and I can have a break from my job." And she was like, "What job?" And he goes, "Don't you know I'm the two I see here." <laughs> <laughs> and his mum's like, what what's it happening? do I see? And he's explaining it. You know, it's that. And, you know, this other boy came and he um, he walks all the time. He wants to walk and he wants to be on the move and we let him go. He walks around. And um, he he was looking at the food and I said to him, um, oh, what do you want some? And he said, I'm scared of germs. And I said, oh, I have this packet. It's like no one's touched it. And then when I gave it to him, Beck, he was like, he couldn't open it. So I said, am I allowed to open it and then you can have it? And he's like, yeah. And, I, and it was a whole tray of cupcakes, right? And I said to him, you can eat the whole tray. And he was like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, you can have the whole tray <laughs> of cupcakes if you want. And he's like, really? And i like, yeah. And then he, And then I said, or you can be a party host, And he's like, what's a party host? And I went, well, a party host walks around and says to people, can I offer you a cupcake? (laughs) And um, anyway, next minute he's walking around offering everyone cupcakes and this guy has gone from he spends his whole time walking and not engaging with people to he walks in, waves at everyone, sits down in a circle and chats for an hour and a half straight. And his shoulders have dropped. He's relaxed. He's laughing. He's squealing with delight like – and I think you're right. It's that ongoing connection that's making the difference. Mm,
1: yeah, and something else that's jumping out at me too, which I, I think is really powerful, is the fact that you're autistic yourself, Melan, yeah. and and it, you were able to use your, you know, intuition or your autistic spidey senses to tap into <laughs> um, what each. Uh, teenager sort of required from the situation. Yeah. Uh, Because probably using your own personal understanding and intuition. So I I think it's really fantastic that this thing is led by an autistic adult.
0: Yeah. Well, that is, thank you. That is part of the intention because, you know, as you know, I was only diagnosed recently, but now it's like my whole life makes sense. And I look at everything through what was always there as a lens that I didn't know was a lens. Um, But you know, I know what it's like for sure to experience being different and isolated and mm. containing myself and altering myself and changing myself to try and be whatever I thought people were wanting and expecting. And um, and I also understand that, I, I don't know, what can be sometimes like deep sense of loneliness and isolation and then mm. even – Trying to articulate it, like you know, trying to put the experience in words and getting that across and all that self-advocacy, which I think you really, I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm only, you know, recently beginning to learn. So yeah, the, oh, and, so, yeah, it's a journey. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. and the intention is to have an autistic adult at all the social hubs for exactly mm. what you say. Yep, fantastic.
1: I did have a little brain sparkle, but
0: I, I think it's
1: lost. So, we'll, <laughs> Let's we'll see if it sparkles back. The yeah. next question. Yeah. Um, so what do the parents have to say?
0: Yeah, I think that's the really moving thing because, I mean, as you know, I've got lived experience as an autistic adult myself, but also the parent um, of an autistic person. And, well, look, any parent just desperately wants the best for their kids, really, no matter how funky it comes out or the funky ways they express it. But, Really, they want the best for their kids, and um, and the parents are just gobsmacked. You know, they say things like, "My kid never wants to go to anything," and uh, you know, they wouldn't miss this for the world. They get up on a Thursday and go, "Yay, it's Social Hub Day." you know I've never seen him this relaxed he's so more talk- much more talkative at home we're finding out things about him we didn't know. She's so relaxed with her friends she's made a new friend like they just they're just really raving about it and I think that's probably the overall thing for me, for the teens, for the parents it's like we've all suddenly been able to go <sighs> And just like breathe out and be and know that there's something that really works for us. Fantastic.
1: And so we're up to what have you learnt from running the social hub?
0: I've learnt they're necessary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I really have. And, you know, there's quite there's a very famous um, ex-Olympian who's also a medical professional who I was at an event where they had this real epiphany for themselves about potentially being autistic themselves. And, um, they were then talking about in that moment, they had this live epiphany in front of the crowd about it. And they were then talking about what it was like as a teenager at school and how isolated they were, they were. And as I was, and they were in tears, you know, they were really moved and upset. And they said, um, I just don't know what to do about it. And after the, they'd spoken and the event was over, I went up to them afterwards and I said, I know what to do about it. We, th- it's these social hubs. And, you know, I, I just think if every person has a place where they can be, a place where they find their people, a place where they can not only express themselves but what I'm finding more and more is contribute to others that alters everything for someone's life. And I think that's that's what I've learned. And then I guess, honestly, Beck, the other part of it is not everyone's able to be with the community the way that we are. And that's the next challenge for us. Like we're getting requests every day from places all over Australia that want a social hub. And now I'm like, how do we replicate the way we are with them? How do we replicate that space so that every social hub's the same? That's exciting. So maybe expansion and scale on the cards? Oh, totally. Well, so even today we're starting a new one in Blacksland in the Lower Blue Mountains and tomorrow in Liverpool. And so we're already going from one to three um, social hubs in one term and more more to come. Thank you. Yeah, it's exciting. Fantastic.
1: Oh, I can't wait for it to spread far and wide, Madeline. I think it's a really awesome thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. And, um, yeah, I appreciate you always being a champion of us because, you know, I think that matters that, you know, autistic community coming together and particularly autistic adults that I, I think that's one of the things, Beck, you know, when I the very first session I introduced myself to the group and I said, um, and I'm an autistic ADHD adult and I want you to know my life is fabulous and this is all going to mm. work out and mm. that makes something possible. Yeah, and having
1: that sort of sense of hope and modelling is so important. Um, I mean, like in my personal life through work, since I met other autistic people and worked in a place that included me and not just included me, but celebrated me, my life has just absolutely blossomed and flourished. And so I think... You know, to be able to demonstrate to younger people that that is possible
0: mm.
1: in the right conditions and with the right people. I think that's, that's a really, really beautiful and exciting thing is to help the next generation.
0: Mm. Yeah, agreed. So, you know, I don't know if anybody's listening to the podcast, then, um, you know, and wants to participate in a social hub, we would love to hear from you. Yeah, because we're really, really committed that this is going to make an extraordinary difference to our community across Australia. So they could just go to the alisthub.com.au um, or otherwise, they could email hubs at alisthub.com.au and get in contact with us. Well,
1: thanks for having me, Madeline. You really are a, a magical person. <laughs> it's been a pleasure as always. And I can't wait to see what happens next to the A-List Social Hub. Oh,
0: thank you, Beck. You're the best.